This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the opening, the, the opening drive. Okay, let's start with this, Dan. Obviously, since the last time we talked, the decision has been made. The starters will play 25 to 30 snaps. It's created a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to say it's a controversy, but it raised some eyebrows. It's a new regime. They want to set a tone. And I actually like it. And I think that it shows an awareness that you need the experience, especially with a young quarterback, how was it received and what do you think about the decision to do that? Yeah, well, I'm with you. I think this is a good thing for this football team, particularly this offense. I would not have had any issue if Matt Eberflus chose to treat his defense and his offense differently in this preseason finale and said, hey, the defense has showed us enough through training camp that we're going to put them in bubble wrap and get them ready for the September 11th season opener against the 49ers. But our offense needs work. He has instead chosen to play most of his starters and key regulars through the first half. He did say that there will be some veteran exceptions. I'd imagine guys like Robert Quinn would be on that list of maybe taking a series and then and then sitting on the sideline for the rest of it. But when you talk about where this offense is at, where this quarterback is at, where everything surrounding this unit is at, I think it really benefits them to get game action experience, to potentially build momentum, maybe get a little confidence going into the regular season. Justin Fields needs the work. This offense needs the work. It's an unproven group of receivers. It's an unstable offensive line. So let's get them some work and some game action and and hopefully score some more points, right? Like the Bears have only scored three points with their first unit offense in these first two preseason games on four possessions you want to have a little bit more momentum you want to have a little more belief heading for the regular season so i'm behind it i think too it's consistent with the whole approach the overall message and and just the the tone that is set. I, I think it would be really difficult to have a tone where you have increased energy increased hustle increased everything in terms of intensity and then you say, well, we're going to tap the brakes and we're going to not you know, do what we need to do to maximize our practice time to get better as much as we can. I understand. And the risk of injury is always going to yep. be there. Risk versus reward discussion is always going to be calculus. It's hard to hard to kind of compute uh, depending on your team and depending on your, your situation. And we all can come up with examples from Rex Tucker to Greg Olson to you mentioned Cameron Meredith. Yeah. But I think those are kind of the exceptions to the rule. And the rule here is you need to get better in preseason. And as, as I kidded yesterday on the radio, 
It is the hits principle, not the sits principle. <laughs> so when it's the hits principle, not the sits principle, it makes sense to me that you would want to maximize this time. Wasn't there also a situation early in Rex Grossman's career where he went down in the preseason game? Uh, he had a couple injuries early in seasons. I know there's one in the regular season. There might have been one in the preseason that's, that sets you back, right? And so that fear is always going to be there for you. You don't want any of your key playmakers to go down in this game. But I do think that there is a juice squeeze to this, and I think there is some juice to squeeze out of this opportunity in Cleveland on Saturday night. It's an opportunity to, again, get the timing of that offense going. To Again, we, we talked on this podcast at length about Justin trying to increase his pocket presence and his pocket feel. The only way to do that is to go against opposing defenses that you're unfamiliar with and to feel out situations within a game. This is going to be an opportunity to do that. Uh, I think Matt uh, Eberflus also was very clear at the outset of the week in saying, listen, here are the things that I'm looking for as a head coach when I throw my offense out on the field uh, in this game for the first half, right? He wants them to play through the first half. He wanted them to establish an identity and a style of play. And he used the word aggressive multiple times in saying that that's what he wants to see out of this group on Saturday night. He said he wants to see a clean operation, right? You want to have good effort and a clean operation without silly penalties. And then he talked at length about situational success, right? We're going to talk all year, particularly with the quarterback position, about being good on third down, being good in the red zone, potentially on, on Saturday night, getting a chance in a two-minute drive. We'll see how the dynamics of the game play out, but I think they're rooting for their team to have the ball in the final two minutes to be able to go through that procedure one more time in the preseason to see if they can add some polish to that, again, add some momentum and, and build some confidence. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Do you know how many repressed memories you unsupported <laughs> when you mentioned the 2005 injury to Rex Grossman against the Rams? I think it was in St. Louis back in the day. Yeah, I remember that moment. I remember that year. I remember that feeling. And now you have brought it all back, Dan. I apologize. I apologize. And look, I mean, that that was a weird setback for a team that obviously uh, found its footing with Kyle Orton, right? And ended up going into the playoffs and, and then having to, to play around with that. But man, like you just don't want your future franchise quarterback to have that detour based on a preseason game. But at the same time, I think we're both in agreement that given the current state of this team, this offense, this player, let's go for it. Let's see if we can get him some more work. And let's move on to the second point here. I think that the conversation this week has taken a turn to asking players about their thoughts, uh, how quickly they embrace the hits principle. <laughs> to Eddie Jackson to Matt Eberflus talking about how to incorporate it. What it still stands for? Look, you know, at my core, I, I am a football guy. You know, I'm a college football guy. I come from the same Mid-American Conference in terms of my football sensibilities that Matt Eberflus comes from at Toledo. I played against Eberflus <laughs> against in the Glass Bowl. So, I, I mean, I understand the way he's communicating because it speaks to me, the football, you know, meatball junkie. But I also understand why people would find it corny. I, I found it interesting, Dan, this week, him – talking about i think it was as recently was it today or, or on wednesday on thursday yeah on thursday and thursday just talking about the origin of that being asked to explain himself again because that is to me i think you know like levy smith changed the culture in 2004 i think matt eberflus has begun the same process in 2022 david i have a lot of thoughts on this but i think you're right in saying that maybe it's best to start with Matt's own words, right? And on Thursday afternoon, he was asked uh, to give us some more detail on when he decided to take some of the things he had learned from mentors and coaches and turn it in to this acronym and turn it into this HITS principle. Here's what Matt had to say. First, come up with the idea for HITS. I don't think we've ever asked you just like the origin of it. When yeah, I mean, it was really when I was with Rod. 
um, you know, I was I was in Dallas, and Rod uh, and I got together. I think it was 2013 or 14, somewhere in there. I think Rod took over in 2014. And, you know, the impact that he had on me, because I would look at his drills and how he did uh, his thing with the defensive line because he was defensive coordinator and coaching defensive line at the time. And I said, well, shoot, this guy's a master coach. I said, I'm going to I'm going to try to be as good as him and, and, and do it to his way. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to come up with a with something that I can measure. You know, so I can give immediate feedback to the players. And so everything is measured, you know, so every play, every detail. So you want to talk about, you know, how the intensity part of it? Well, I started measuring the last three yards. So from contact, you know, from player tackling to hitting the player running running the ball, I measured that last three yards. I want to see an acceleration to and through, okay, and then a hamstring tackle after that. So that's one way we would measure it. You know, it's like the well, the low system has been around since the Bucks, but um, you know the detail of that. So I wanted to do that with the hustle and the intensity part of it, and then the strip attempts. You know, are you really stripping it every play? Not just sticking your hand out there to appease me, but are you really going after it? And you know, we coach that every single play, and it's all measured. So you can coach details every single play. And what you'll see is that when you do it, offense, defense, and kicking. Your, your team will, will understand the exact standards because everything's on the table. You don't hide anything. It's like, well, you got to strip attempt. I'm just going to let that go. No, we're not going to let that go. you got to get a strip attempt there. This is how you're going to do it. And uh, the players have bought into it. And, you know, we'll see where the buy-in is. You know, we'll see it. we got to see it. We're only good as our last performance. We'll see what we do this performance. Was it pretty easy to come up with the acronym for it? Like, did you know, I mean, hit, obviously, physical football. I mean, did you have an idea for what the letters were going to stand for? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty creative. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say that uh, it was, you know, yeah, I just came up with it. You, you talk about doing these measurements where, where you guys look at the film for the instant feedback for your linebacker coach, your tight end coach. Yep. What? How long does it take, if you have a 90-minute practice out there, how long does it take them to go through that film to actually assign all these grades that you're talking about? Yeah, so during practice, we don't really we don't give grades. We just coach it, you know, as we see it. But during the games, it takes a long time to grade. I mean, it takes a long time to grade because you're looking at, you know, most people just look at scheme. You know, okay, he did his job and, you know, okay, completed pass, all that. Well, we don't look at the game that way. We look at it a different way. So we have to grade those things every single play. And you have to put yourself in your position through that principle, through those foundations. And if you do that, then you're, the product will look like it's supposed to look. If you don't, let it, and let it, go, by, let it go by, and then all of a sudden it's going to creep in. Your, your team's not going to look the right way. Uh, David, that's a, a lengthy description on the high-powered microscope that Matt Eberflus uses to judge his football team on a daily basis. And I think this is more than just a bunch of letters, right? This is about a grading system, right? And, and the way that they go about, as he said, they're exhaustively measuring and assessing and analyzing performance through very specific categories that gives players an idea of what they're looking for. And if you don't meet the standard, you're going to be corrected and in some cases admonished. And if you do meet the standards, the results will likely show it. So it's a really cool way, I think, for Matt Eberflus to set the standards. Now, 
I'll say this. He said himself, we've got to keep an eye on the buy-in, right? And I think there has been buy-in over the last four weeks of training camp. My comparison here, my analogy is it's like when the, when a new restaurant opens up in your neighborhood and there's a grand opening and you go to the grand opening and it's crowded there and the food's good and everyone's putting their best foot forward and you say, man, this place is really cool, right? Like the food's good. There's a good buzz here. People are here. And then three or four months down the road, you have to make sure that that place retained that standard, right? Retained that buzz and that it's not just two people in the corner and the food's kind of average. And so I think there's a big difference between getting the buy-in and then sustaining it for the long haul, particularly in a season where I think we're in agreement where the results are, are not necessarily going to put you in playoff contention. And now you've got to figure out a way to, to, to keep guys' effort levels at the highest of highs, even when the, the, the circumstances don't, don't allow them to be there naturally. Well, that's what it is right there. The way you, you use the word effort there at the end, when you are evaluating and grading effort, it is much easier to get that buy-in because that's what's rewarded and that's what's noticed. And even though, look, it's a bottom line industry, you need wins and losses. You want to keep people out of the end zone. You want to keep drives and offenses off the field, but you can sometimes just not be able to stop a guy. If you're a, if, you know, if you are, are not able to go up and get a, 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 a pass and not be able to stop a, a receiver that's just physically better than you, you sometimes have to accept certain things, but you can never accept a lack of effort. So I get what he's, what he's trying to instill here, and I do think it takes a while because this is not the way that typically professional sports franchises and athletes are, are wired. I mean, eventually, eventually they might be, and you can kind of recondition them but people come get complacent because they yeah. get paid and have success. Eddie Jackson is an latest example, which is why I found his response to the hits principle more interesting even than Jalen Johnson's this week because Eddie Jackson needs this to kind of, <laughs> I think, save his career because he doesn't lack ability. He doesn't lack awareness. He lacks discipline been able to be that F high effort guy, high intensity guy each and every series. Right. And there's going to be a lot of guys, obviously, that have to, to apply this to themselves. Right. And I think the first time that I became aware of this as a, a attachment to Matt Eberflus's resume was back in January, even before he was named the coach. And we were obviously on a daily mission to do research on the 25 candidates that, right, remember that we're interviewing for both positions, the GM and head coaching position. I remember reading a story out of Indianapolis on, on this hits principle and thinking, man, this is going to be one of the first things this guy brings up in his introductory press conference at Hallis Hall. And he did. And naturally, there are a lot of people out there, uh, including some of, of the players that Matt inherited, including Jalen Johnson, right, that rolled their eyes initially and said, I didn't buy in initially. I said, what is this all about? I've been kind of riding that same roller coaster, whereas back in the winter, you're kind of like, okay, you know, it's an acronym. We can rearrange the letters. It spells something else that's not quite as flattering, you know, all that stuff. What is this actually going to get out of paid professionals when things matter? Well, then you start to see the results in training camp and you see an elevated uh, standard at practice. You see the way, particularly defensively, that guys are finishing plays. You see the energy and then how it becomes infectious. And again, it reminds you of some of those great Bears teams of the 2000s, the Urlacher, Briggs, Tillman, Alex Brown groups, right, that flew around to the football and, and, and made plays on a regular basis. And all of a sudden that snowball got rolling and then you couldn't stop it. And so you say, okay, now I buy into that. Now I've reached a point in August where I say, 
damn, David, we need regular season football games because we've spent a lot of time here in week negative one, which I think is what we'll call this here, going into the final game of the preseason, talking about the hits principle. And I'm all talked out on the hits principle, right? Like I, I, it's, 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 it's been beaten to death at this point where we actually need to apply it to regular season results. And, and as we heard from Matt Eberflus there, they need game action against real first unit opponents to measure this stuff against. We need a, a, a win or a loss in one of those columns, and we need the microanalysis on every play, you know, 60 snaps on both sides of the ball that that tell you where this team is actually at applying this in, in real situations. And so I think, you know, I, I, we were joking in the media room on Thursday that, that some of these stories that are being written this week might become punchlines in four years if this regime doesn't get the long-term results and they get kicked out the door like the last three regimes have after three or two or four seasons, right? And so you have to be very careful at attaching long-term significance to things prematurely. I agree that it feels a little bit experimental because you do have professional athletes that are being asked to adhere to or embrace something that's very collegiate, you know, even, even like a high school type of mentality. And, and the part of me that, that has watched the Bears, you know, fall short or have watched players just not have the right approach or focus is like, OK, it's about time. Yeah, there's a Matt Eberflus. I don't know how many games he's going to win, but I do know that if I were an assistant coach, I would want to sit next to him at a clinic because this yeah. is the guy that's going to talk the talk and he's, he's going to live it. And so if, if nothing else, you think this Bears team is going to be disciplined and they may not have the most talent. They may still lose double digit games, but I still think they're going to have a style of play, particularly on defense, that you're going to respect. Well, last Saturday, he made a subtle acknowledgement, and he called this the foundational floor. And this was in the context of Roquan Smith coming back into the mix at practice and saying, listen, the foundational floor is this effort. It's this standard that we set in the way we play. And then when we add talent, to that foundational floor. Now, all of a sudden, you can build something something strong. And then, to me, that was the acknowledgement that, listen, there's not championship-level talent here. We can talk to we're blue in the face about the number of difference-making players that they need to add to this roster to be relevant in the NFL again. But at the very least, if you can establish a standard before all that blue-chip talent get, gets here that's unwavering, now all of a sudden that momentum can be built up and you don't have to start from scratch even as you add new pieces and hopefully more talented pieces to the mix.